podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And on the phone, Dave Watson. Hi boys, how are you doing? Good. Um, I've still got the remnants of a hobnob in my mouth. That I need to now cough out. <laughs> but I don't want to say a, another word on that because, Dave, you've just poured yourself a juice, haven't you? Yeah, orange and pineapple, double strength. Double strength. What does that mean, double strength? <laughs> oh, it's just like super concentrated. It just means that you... Uh, oh, it's concentrated. You yeah. You didn't boil it down yourself. You didn't like make a reduction and then do a shot. <laughs> yeah, it's- <laughs> yeah, it's an orange and pineapple jus. <laughs> Sounds a bit like lilt. Oh, it's concentrate. Kind of like it's concentrate. It's. I'm sorry to say, Dave. It sounds awfully working class. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's um, manufactured by the sponsors of Wimbledon. So, is it really not Wimbledon? No, no. It's a, <laughs> hang on a second. It, yeah, the, the you know, tennis um, tournament or the borough. Yeah, yeah, the tennis tournament. Robinson's the sponsors. Yeah, I didn't you know you're know supposed to we put water in that. That's squash. You <laughs> Dave, water it for God's oh, sake. Is that? Are you genuinely drinking squash with no water? <laughs> no, I put water in it. I'm not a monster. Right. Okay. Oh, but you call that juice? Okay. No, interesting. Well, Why is it juice? double strength if you then water it? Because the the concentrated element of it is double strength. Have you do, have you basically just tried to find a macho way of describing squash? <laughs> no, it is uh, right. Fuck you guys. I'm going to take a photograph of the label. It says double strength concentrate. Oh, does it? Orange okay. and pineapple. No, fair enough. In that case, I retract everything. Are you going to be benching in this photo, holding the bottle? <laughs> yeah. I'll be lifting it atop my head, yeah. Okay. Before uh, we get on to the football and before everyone unplugs their uh, headphones and decides to do something else with their day, <laughs> I need to tell you that the Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Ladbrokes. So, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, it is. It is. That's why you're sat on a golden chair, Paul. <laughs> we are in the money this season. Bet £5, get £20. If you give just £5 a month, bet £5, get £20. If you deposit £5, Labrooks will add another 20 to your account. Um, so I don't that's know what good. that adds up to. It's probably like that's 50. quadruple strength. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I don't know what 5 plus 20. What is that, £25? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you okay. don't know what 5 plus 20 is. Well, no, I'm just trying to work it Just trying to work it out in my head. I just wanted to check that my sums are right, because yeah. that sounds like such a good figure. Huge if true. So you can get this offer by following the link at bet.newcastlepodcast.com. Okay. So that's, you know, it's good. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what's really, really good is that Newcastle United won a game of football on Saturday. And not only did they win a game of football on Saturday, but Paul Dutton got to witness it live. In the flesh. Wow. It was good. You did one of your uh, once-a-season <laughs> spontaneous 
Fuck it, I'm going up to Newcastle on my own to watch a game. It usually happens if I've got a load of work on and I decide I need to procrastinate. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to have a quick look at fixtures and tickets. Spend an hour looking at train times. Like, yeah, I'm just going to book it. So yeah, went up. Very it, good. It worked out really well. I rem- seem to remember, was it last season or was it the, the last Swansea season? Swansea game last season was a similar thing. Isn't that the last time we were in the Prem? You oh, yes, yeah, so a season before last, yeah. Yeah, last time we were in the Premiership, you spontaneously went up for a game on your own and we won it. Yeah, so comfortably you, how again. Did the, um, how did the pub recommendations pan out for you? Good recommendations. Yeah, Dave kindly yeah. suggested... <laughs> is it a crawl of its two pubs from the station limp. to St. James? It was a good limp. I enjoyed yeah. it. Well done. It was a triple jump. Yeah, <laughs> Jonathan Edwards to the ground. Well done. So um, I guess I better defer. I've still <coughs> still got hobnob in my mouth. One hobnob. So um, you can defer to me if you like, but I I don't know about you. I find when I watch a game live, I come out of it knowing less about what happened in the game than if I've watched it on telly. Sure. Well, there were there were, were certainly incidents that you wouldn't have known much about. Yeah. from watching it live, which we'll get on to. Mm. But um, overall, you must have thought it was a very good performance, yeah. I assume, Paul. We never looked in danger. I mean, the caveat to this is West Ham were awful. They didn't seem to have yeah. any game plan, but we we just controlled the game. It looked like a matter of when, not if, we were going to score. And once we were in the lead, we were just happy to sit back and then counter and pick them off. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's something, because obviously I've only been able to watch like the, the highlights and the extended highlights and stuff like that. But one thing I noticed was how little possession we had. I mean, it was only 35 37%. And yet, you know, we've come away with it, mm. what, what everybody is saying is a very comfortable 3-0 win. And if you normally, if you've normally got sixty odd percent of the ball, you'd expect to have at least a, a good number of shots on target. But I think it's yeah, attacks, they they barely tested Elliot at all. It's just where they had their possession. That's an interesting stat I wasn't familiar with, Dave, because I uh, managed to see the whole game because it was on the Sky Sports Nissan Game of the Day on Saturday night. Oh, nice! So I got to watch the whole game. Although I was caring for a baby at the same time. So I didn't give it my full attention. And when I say it, I mean the baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but the, the, uh, the, I did, it did, hadn't occurred to me that we didn't have the ball that much because we'd looked... I wouldn't go so far as to say dominant. But we looked so much more effective. I think we were set up in the way we will be a lot of the time at home. It's not like in the championship where we have to take the game to teams. I think that's the reason we've invested so much in pace on the wings. It's all about soak up any pressure we get and then straight on the counter. Have we invested? So, what do you mean invested so much? In, I don't feel like Sue, we've invested anything in anything. At Sue Murphy. Right, okay, fair enough. It's all about... I think Benitez has even said, like, if you can't get the first choice players you want, get the quickest and you can... At least still make a difference. So are we a counter-attacking side? Yeah. Are we a shit yeah. Liverpool yeah. now? Not necessarily. <laughs> I think... 
I mean, we weren't just counter-attacking. We were pressing a lot. We were all over yeah. West Ham. Their defenders made a lot of mistakes because we made them. I think, was it yeah. Rice, the one who yeah. Richie... I mean, Richie was phenomenal. And Perez mm. as well, who I think we've all had our criticisms of. He was just closing down everywhere. He's a dog was... player, Perez. I mean, mm. there's, there's, most of... We have a lot of players who, at one time or another, I've thought could be top, top players. Mm. And Perez is one of those. How was um, Hosselu, Josselu, Josselu? Very How was good. striker? I yeah. mean, he doesn't look amazing. But Hosselu, he, we're calling him Hosselu, by the Hosselu. way. It's okay. Hosselu. He looks exactly like what we've been lacking, which is a striker who can hold up the ball, pass the ball and move if not quickly, quicker than Mitrovic. I think Mitrovic mm. and Gale both have their strengths, but neither of them are great to play up front in the Premier League on their own. Hosselu looks you, he looks like a steady 6 out of 10 for every category. So if you, Good. on the basis of what you've seen and know, and uh, in the second half of today's pod, we will be addressing the transfer market. But if our squad was to remain exactly the same, would uh, Hosselu be your first choice striker? If we're playing one up top, definitely. Interesting. Well, I think, but I think the other two we're going to be playing up one up front. Yeah, and the other two can make an impact coming on. But it's and we were seen with Gale, even though he's not been fully fit. If the ball goes up to him, it just comes flying back. And our our better players are the ones who run on beyond the striker. We've never yeah. really had a striker who can take the ball down and then lay it off to them. I don't think it's any coincidence that Perez had his best game, Richie had his best game, Atsu looked really good again. I think it's almost worrying that he scored on his debut. Because he doesn't have <laughs> oh, God. A, he doesn't have a good goals to game ratio in his career. And if if that goal that's, means that's for five games. And I know I said that we're um talking about transfers in the second half of the show. But if that goal means that we don't buy a striker now, another one, then I'll be annoyed. Well, he's probably not the best striker at the club, even at the moment. But for the tactic we're playing, in the, if we're doing 4-2-3-1, yeah. he should start. He makes the rest of the team better. He does have one appearance for Real Madrid and one goal. There you go. I mean, you know, Ronaldo's not got that, has he? He's probably got better than that. To be fair, I was about to say this. <laughs> yeah. He's probably that was well, he's still not, hobnob. That he's was still not hobnob, as good as Ronaldo, but he's close. He's and close. We can definitely take better that away than Benzema. Yeah. And the other one that I wanted to ask you about, because like I said, I've only seen the um, the highlights and stuff, is Marino, because oh. everybody was just squealing yeah, with delight. Let's talk about Marino. That was, I mean, I. From what I saw, which was the whole game, Marino was terrific. Yeah, he's exciting. The thing that excited me the most because we all, you know, of a sort of a creative midfielder who you've got from Dortmund, you know they're going to have a good pass on them, and he does. But he was winning so many balls in the air as well. He looked physically like he's twenty-one. And he looked physically dominant. I mean, he seemed mm. like the sort of player who, the way he plays, when you see him play, he looks like a short guy. But he's over mm. six foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He reminds me a bit of Gary Speed, but with a 
a better final ball physique-wise and aerially. He's got like okay. he seems comfortable in the middle as one of a two. Like um, defend. I know I'm we've a... not got him. I mean, we've got him to be a more creative player, but I think he can do the defensive work possibly better than Hayden can, and the attacking right. work as well as Shelby. I think he what? he looks very comfortable replacing either Hayden or Shelby. So let's talk about the goals. The first goal was uh, it, it was that guy Wise who was comforted by Joe Hart afterwards yeah. by like Joe Hart as well shouting in his face. Joe Hart it never <laughs> really came across on telly. I think just how bad he was. Right, he had a shocker of a game. Well, I don't know if you remember, but not long ago Dave was excited about the idea of us potentially signing Joe Hart. We yeah, mentioned Dave. And, I'd, and I'd like, yeah, Dave. And I'd like to point out that at the time I said, I think Joe Hart's actually quite a shit keeper. And I stand by that. But, and you've got a recording you remember, of you saying that now, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Yeah. But do you remember the reason I go for wanting to sign Hart? That you fancy him. <laughs> yeah. I think he's an attractive man. No, it was because I thought that you, you make a signing like that for little money and it, um, it makes a statement in the transfer market it that you're willing to the, that you're willing to spend <laughs> spend money on players who are drastically overrated. <laughs> See, I think if no, you were trying to make an eleven of players who looked like Aryan men bred with rats, then Joe Hart would be first on the team sheet. <laughs> but otherwise, interested. No. I mean, I'll have to go yeah, back and enough. see if that analogy works. <laughs> it does. Paul Dillon's usually do. <laughs> Remind me of your um, analogy for Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, He looks like a Japanese teenager dressed up as Prince Harry. (laughs) Totally works. Brilliant. It's perfect. So, um, so Joe Hart was, was terrible. I want to talk about that first goal. Mm. Um, That uh, young West Ham defender lost the ball and, uh, and then there was a lovely. Again, he was made to lose the ball by just the, the pressing. Right. I don't think we overstated how well we pressed them. That's mm. good to know. And then there was a lovely little move with mm. Mourinho. Or Marino. Yeah. You have to stop your mouth from doing that, don't you? Marino, then Atsu, who got a lot of praise on the commentary that I saw for squaring yeah. the ball yeah. to Hossilu and not taking the shot. Although I thought it was kind of like one of those passes that could have very easily have gone wrong because there was There's two a... defenders there, right there. So it had to be... Yes, because it was a good ball and Hosselu put it away, it was the right ball. But that is one that could have gone very wrong. It seems slightly underbaked, but yeah, I think it it was an assist, so you can't really. Oh, certainly no, him. no criticism at all. It was it all worked out. It's one of those where the 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 striker still he still has work to do. It's not a tap in. He still had to hold off the two uh, the two defenders, and he had to you know getting the right spot between them but um yeah like you say it, it was it, it it could have quite have easily been one of the ball a ball across the box where either of the defenders gets a toe on it or Hosselu can't get the right kind of connection but well done the the like the, the pressing made that goal absolutely it was mm. i wonder rank. if Hosselu is like i've still got hobnob in yeah, but it's <coughs> audible i wonder if uh, Hosselu is like our replacement for Daryl Murphy, in a way. Do you know well, what I mean? Like a more dynamic yeah. 
Daryl Murphy. Let's yeah, hope. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, the second goal was, uh, remind me, shit, it was Kieran Clark. Yeah, Clark. although everybody thought it was Mitrovic. Who they just did, like, what on. was he, like, doing up there? I assume that... They just looked very similar from the crowd. But there'd been, like, a set piece or something? Uh, yeah. Like, that he was still... He'd come back for. out and Clark had stayed up and... Mm. Good job he had to do. It was a it was a free kick on the the right hand side, wasn't it? And um, Richie took it, got headed back out to him. But then it was was it Lanzini that he, um, Richie har- harassed, got the ball back off him, put in a lovely lovely cross, and Mitrovic and Clark were both in the centre. Um, it wasn't unmarked, but like between them, I think they had one defender. So to to worry about. So um, it's great work again, like the. The, the pressing again yeah. created the goal. Um, Such a good header as well from Clark. Yeah. Off the, he, bar, off the post, sorry. Always He's, good to see it go in off the post. He looks yeah. like it could be <laughs> just a, a better a, goal. He could looks like it could be a, a bit of a striker, Clark. And mm. what, what I'd like to say on Clark while we're on the subject, I'm really glad that uh, Mbemba was played at left-back. Because yeah. one... I think Mbemba did really well there. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, two, I feel me more reassured with Clark at the centre of defence. Yes. Yeah. I tell you what I noticed mm-hmm. with Mbemba there is just how attacking he was. Because you often think centre-back played at full-back, they're not going to get forward much. But he was the one most often where I found myself sort of shouting. <laughs> like, well, he's one of them players. What are you doing that far up? But also well done. <laughs> I think he's one of the players who's just an athlete. He's a bit like Micah Richards. Yeah. He's just a real athlete. Mm. And, um, yeah, I love to watch him play. <laughs> <laughs> he looked really good. He looked more attacking than Dummett and right. Yeah. Link, I mean, I linked up I, I, well. I Dave Watson? I was just going to say, I, I, I wouldn't want to play him there regularly. Because right. um, uh, he will get, like, he will get find out, found out by better, by better opposition if he's, he's played there because he's right-footed and it just makes it awkward to, to, um, to defend and to, like, push forward from that position if you're, like, quote-unquote, wrong-footed for that, that, like I don't blank. think he's going to be our long... I've still got Hobnob. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's going to be our long-term left-back. No. No, but it's good to know he can cover there because we are short in that position. But also, I think before this transfer window, we probably thought Mbemba, if an offer came in, would be out. And I think he's put himself back into the good books. I'd, I'd like to yeah. think he could be still be a good Premiership defender. He looks and far better in the Premier League than he did in the Championship. Hopefully this has yeah. given him the game time that might mean that I, I, I could feel comfortable with him being at the centre of defence as well. Mm. The, well, uh, last week's pod, um, just last week's pod, Paul and I were saying that in the first couple of fixtures, the first few fixtures, um, Mbemba has been the one that's come out with the most credit and... He, he he's consistently been one of, if not the best player on the park for us. So I think he's definitely played his way back into Rafa Benitez, like um, you know, the the forefront of his mind for even if he is um, shunted out the left back. I think he's definitely going to be one who's going to make more appearances in the Premier League than he did in the Championship. 
well, cool. I'm behind that. Um, and then the final goal was from uh, a guy I like to call Mitrovic. Yeah. It was a well-taken yeah. goal. Like, who was it? At Sue's through ball? I can't remember who. It was Perez. It was Perez. It was, it was Perez and Mitrovic connecting in the sort of way that I pictured them doing in the championship. Mm. It was... Um, mm. It was a lovely bit of sort of a big man. Well, it wasn't really big man, little man move, but it was like a lovely bit of uh, strike partnership. Because he'd had a very similar chance minutes before Mitrovic and hit it at the keeper, albeit from quite a tight angle. Right. But I thought he took it really well. This is the one where Joe Hart mm. looked mental because he just, after yeah. the goal, he just curled up into a ball in the goal for a good <laughs> a good half minute. You just thought, is he injured or is he like, having a breakdown? It's just like a year ago, I was doing head and shoulders adverts. <laughs> but he's, yeah, he looks But that's another, another, um, another goal that started with Marino winning the ball in the, the centre of the park from a header um, mm-hmm. and knocking it forward for Perez. I don't know if like there was a, a ball between, like, if there was a player, like another pass, but it definitely, the ball came over to Marino who... Um, Nodded it forward, I'm sure. I guess that shows... I, mean, I know that Joe Hart is still like earning tens of thousands of pounds a week, but that, that goes to show how much of a rough game football can be. Now, mm. he's probably... Well, he's curled, curled up in that goal mouth. He's thinking about that. Like, I play for West Ham now, and West Ham are really shit now. I think like, a lot of West Ham players are probably thinking the same. Like Zabaleta. Not, yeah. It's not that long. Well, Zavaleta is basically the same situation. It's not that long ago, but Joe Hart's like a younger guy. He's probably still in his twenties, isn't he? And he's a goalkeeper. Mm. He's a younger guy mm. who was like a top, considered a top goalkeeper, probably just yeah. because he happened to play for a top club. Uh, in my opinion, yeah. I think he was an all right goalkeeper. He deserved to be England's number one when he was probably. Yeah, but like it's you know, I there are shades. Oh, sorry, how, I was just going to say, I think it lays bare how much of a confidence position goalkeeping is, because you he's had a, you know, he had, he had a, a not a bust up, but obviously he wasn't wanted at Man City, and then has had a, a string of not very good um, moves to uh, different clubs, and he looks. He looks really poor now, and it's it's similar to Tim Kroll. Tim Kroll, obviously, Joe Hart's had a string of quality. moves. Anyway. He went to Torino, and then did he not have somewhere else? I don't think so. Am I thinking of somebody else? Okay. Well, the point was that he he, he was at a big club and was first choice, and then got unceremoniously dumped. Didn't work out from the next club, and he looks terrible now. So what I think it's plays for and grace, like mm. just like virtually everyone who leaves Man U. Um, but as well, this West Ham team particularly reminds me of our relegation team in whenever it was twenty eleven. Oh nine. Oh nine. So players big. Well, Joe Hart is essentially like Michael Owen. Didn't want to come to the club, but knew he wasn't going to get a better offer that would still pay his wages. There's a a lot like, of players who, in theory, work Hernandez, yeah. Zabaleta. For them, read Damien Duff. Right. But not a cohesive yeah. team. Yeah. Um, 
one more thing quickly before I go to the uh, advert break. Uh, turns out something which I'm sure you didn't notice in the game, Paul. Um, Mitrovic did a Mitrovic. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, elbowed someone. And it. L- I don't think the... I don't think we know what the band's going to be. No, it's be. in. It's the three-game ban. Three-game ban. Yeah. Okay. Didn't notice it at the time, but you can't argue with it, really. It's annoying, and people have been pointing out, and probably rightly so, Dave, that um, that's probably why Benitez hasn't uh, trusted him very much. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't, I can't defend Mitrovic for that. Um, I would say just. One thing very quickly because I know we're like, going to go to a break, but it's it's interesting that like it's 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 over ninety goal ninety games since Newcastle United have um, seen the opposition get a red card, and this is the second time I can think of off the top of my head where something off the ball has been highlighted by Sky or Match of the Day or someone, and then after that the FA's investigated it um, and then uh, and then banned the player. The other one was Kabai. Um, for a, a kick or a stamp or something, and there's been plenty of times where um, Newcastle players have had stuff happen to them off the ball or like during the match, and we just don't seem to get like there's not a conspiracy or anything like that. I'm not, I'm you not sure stupid. that's not what you're saying, Dave. I'm sure it's not. I'm just saying that it, it's really unfortunate, and um, like he, he definitely deserved to get a three match ban. He's an idiot, and he, it was a completely nothing incident as well. He, there was no need for him to raise his elbows, but he's a mug, and he's uh, that's part of the reason why I think we are going to sign somebody else in the in the window before the window shuts. Well, we'll be talking more about that window and everything surrounding it, including the frame. Everything, the curtains. We'll be talking about everything around that transfer window right after this break. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back from the advert break. Uh, I think if the last couple of pods or anything to go by, that advert break was probably just me saying... The Newcastle Natter this season is backed by Labrooks, surrounded by seaside music. So I hope you enjoyed that. Um, so uh, let's talk about the transfer window. It closes, as at time of recording, it, it closes tomorrow evening, if I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong, am I? You're not wrong. Do we think... We're going to buy anyone? Well, I'll talk about where we are right now. As of now, this is where we stand. We've just sold Grant Hanley. We've sold... Apologies, Paul Doolan. We've sold CM Dion. I'm, I'm getting there. To Ajax. Are you going to be okay? No. You are wearing a black armband right yeah. now. <laughs> wearing a Dutch football shirt and everything else is black. Yeah. Do you... Do you want to read Stop All the Clocks now? <laughs> no, we'll do it then. <laughs> um, okay. So, <laughs> CMD Young's gone. Um, yeah, we know, Fergus. Yeah. What, who are the other players who've recently gone since the last part? Is that it? No, there's been... Oh, God, who else? Well, Riviere. Of course, Riviere. Someone has taken Manuel Riviere. Incredibly. Someone's... 
He's obviously been disguised as another player. <laughs> um, and there's been an offer for Dwight Gale. Do yeah. we have, have, last I heard, 15 million and we were holding out for 20 million from Fulham. Yeah. But I think there might be other championship clubs interested as well. I'm not surprised. He's proved that he can score a lot of goals in the championship. But it seems awfully close to the deadline. And what I want to ask you, Dave Watson, um, have we found ourselves in a situation where we're about to sell our best striker and possibly, I heard as well today, Mitrovic, and sell them for a fair bit of cash and then suddenly say, oh, we couldn't get deals through to sign players and not sign anyone in return and just fuck ourselves think, up the arse. <laughs> Sorry, that deteriorated. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm split. I think that all, all sense and reason and, and logic would say that we will be lining up another player should Gale go. And if, if he goes for 20 million, um, we'll bring, be bringing in a striker of commensurate value or maybe, maybe a bit more. Um, I can't imagine that we'd sell both Gale and Mitrovic, and I don't think we would get 15 to 20 million for Mitrovic uh, at the minute. No, we certainly um, wouldn't, no. no the, all um, the talk has been um, for the last couple of weeks of the window that Benitez really wants more players, and yeah. the, the, the deal is he can't buy anyone until he's offloaded some players. But it, yeah, but it's then starting to feel like we're offloading players right at the end of the window, yeah. and it's going to be a real rush to get a deal in to actually bring players in. We've offloaded something like twelve players, albeit some of them were out on loan last season, so their wages were covered, and some of them yeah. are out on loan this season. But we're we're doing the offloading, like we should. If we were a normally run club, you would think there's still probably four new signings minimum need to come in. I'll be surprised if we sign more than one between now and the end of tomorrow night. Uh, I, I don't know. It depends on, like I said, if if Gale goes, I think we will replace him. And aside from that, where there's the the rumours about Kennedy have resurfaced. Uh, Kennedy from Chelsea is another attacking, pacey uh, player. Um, so I think. If Kennedy comes in, that'll be one. If Gale goes, I think we'll bring in another player. And if if we can do the business, I think you know, I think we'll do as much business as as um, as possible. But I just don't think what's possible is going to be a lot. That's I wouldn't, terrible. I wouldn't be That's just an example of Mike Ashley's reign. It's just all the time. It's like, oh, it just didn't work out for us. Yeah. We just couldn't yeah. quite do it. That never happens when it comes to selling players. It's never like, oh, we couldn't, no. we just couldn't quite sell them. That well, that I mean, bit always goes fine. So now we're in a situation where we've needed a left back for years, right? We yeah. all agree that we're about to get rid of Lazar, who has basically not played a game. Mm. And uh, Kieran Gibbs, meanwhile, has gone to West Brom for seven million. To me, England that's international a, Kieran Gibbs as well. West Brom are a much bigger club than us now in terms of the transfer market. Yeah. In terms of right, yeah, yeah. what okay. they can uh, 
who they can who get. they can attract. But I also think that um, because he he turned or like Watford couldn't agree personal terms with him, um, and the only thing that I can think of that would stop a player agreeing personal terms with 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 a team would be the wage. So if Watford are saying we're not going to pay you that, and West Brom are well, even if we had bid seven million pounds, we weren't going to pay him big wages because we just don't pay big wages. Because we don't compete. Because um, we don't compete like a Premier League club, which is what we are. Mm. And uh, our wage bill must be one of the lowest in the league. Yeah, we so don't we compete to, like I, a Premier League club, and also we don't compete like a competent club. <laughs> Still got fucking hognog in that neck. <laughs> um, still don't com- we don't compete like a competent club. So I bet we didn't even get to the stage where we were going to bid for West mm. Brom. It seems like every time we're in the market for a player, we act as if there aren't other clubs out there who might want that player. Or we'll have to compete in a market. I think players that we dawdle over and decide oh it's not worth the risk suddenly then half a year later their value seems to have doubled like Townsend who we were after we could have got for 12 million apparently in the the winter transfer window last year like suddenly Leicester are thinking about spending 30 million on him weren't we for a couple of the years associated with Lacazette yeah and our Bemiang is that we'll only go for mid-level we'll only go for one's signings that you can sign for five million or less and sell for 15 million and i don't mind doing those ones but you also need to like be able to compete and if we don't if we sell gale and don't buy a striker i know we've just got this dude hosselu yes he's got one goal in one game you'd have to think we will like there's a understandably given the track record of the club there's a lot of fans angry about something that hasn't happened yet but i don't i think yeah i think if gale goes and we don't bring another striker in then rafa goes but do we that's what i'm worried about is that will it takes a while for a deal to go through they're holding out for a price gale goes through and then it seems like we're the sort of club will go right that deal Gale has finally gone through. We've got £20 million now or whatever to spend on a striker. Google strikers. But, <laughs> but I think it's not, it's not hard. You just don't sell Gale until the other one's in. Yeah. But then you're still com- competing in a market where there are other clubs. So you have to take the risk... Sometimes you have to take the risk that you're going to buy someone and and some deals aren't going to go through. I think we'll try and get Perez from Arsenal, who seems to still be available. There was talk of Origi and I can't remember the other striker. We were I would linked love, with. I would love it if we could get Origi. But I, but I like, think there's we'll, so many clubs in for Origi. I don't think we'll get rid of Gale until we know there's someone coming in. But that I admit that's wishful thinking. But we've only got three strikers on the books at the minute I mean Perez kind of counts as a fourth but he's not really a number nine anymore there's the one the one thing that like every club that is in a relegation battle which I could it looks like there's a pretty strong chance we'll be in this season needs is someone who'll score goals to get Mm. them out of it and uh, would you 
Origi, would you take Origi over Gale? Like, I as, would. A, as a player, in terms of talent, he's probably way above Gale. But like, I think they're both a punt in this league. Yeah, they, I guess they are both a punt, yeah. If it was a championship, I mean, this is why Gale has got quite a high value. You know he'll get you goals in a championship. Yeah. And it it is harsh to be judging him on two games where he's not been fully fit, but you're also judging him on his time at Palace as well. Even though he, he did score regularly when he started, but there were reasons why he wasn't started regularly. Not would, just Pardew being the manager. But surely Origi's value, transfer value, is probably higher than Gales, isn't it? So I can't see us getting Origi. I mean, but now we're talking a, about you're probably listening to this podcast when you know the answers to these questions in terms the, of who we've got. The thing, the thing that we've got to focus on is that, that Gale won't... I, I, I cannot imagine Rafa Benitez allowing Gale to go if he doesn't have a replacement, which likely means that Gale won't go because I don't think we'll like, like you're saying, I, I think where the, the people who are um, trying to sort out transfers are incompetent. So I, I don't have faith in them to find uh, a striker for 20, 30 million that will hit the we ground running. We will not and be spend the, be 30 million no. on anyone. No, 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 probably not. But I was just saying like, you know, if, if we get 20 million for him, I can't imagine us going out and spending 20 million on a, on a striker that'll hit the ground running. Cause I don't think there are strikers out there in that, uh, transfer bracket in that 20 million who will hit the ground running in the premier league. This just I can't, I can't really see it, especially not for our club. Um, so what, what that, what I think that'll mean is that Gail will stay. Um, Ashley and that lot will try and spin that as good news. You know, are we, we, it's like a new signing. It's like yeah, a new that sign. kind of nonsense. But I do think that we'll we will make one at least one transfer deal tomorrow. Um, the you know the last day of the window, if not two. But if Gale does go, it will only be because we've signed somebody else to to take his place. So let's work under the. I think that sounds pretty credible. Let's work under the assumption. Like I say, you're going to be listening to this podcast when you know a lot more than us. But let's work under the assumption that Gale stays and we get Kennedy and some... Well, the Dennis Pryor link has come up again. Someone close to him was saying he's keen on the move to us. And it seems like our wage bill is a lot clearer now without De Jong and Riviere and Hanley and and a few others. Is that good enough? If we, it depends. We don't really know till the end of the season. Are we gonna? Here's a question for you: Are we <laughs> before the clock strikes midnight tomorrow night? If assuming that's when it ends, I think it does. Or is it 11 p.m. Isn't it? Anyway, whatever. I mean, that's that's bad by mm. when the transfer window closes tomorrow night. Are we going to sign a player you had heard of three months ago? I think we will make one loan signing of a player we've heard of. I think we'll we'll do at least one loan tomorrow. That's really depressing. We're going to do a I also think tomorrow of... night, Mike Ashley will be visited by the ghosts of deadline day, past, present and future. Oh, that's brilliant. And learn about his mistakes. <laughs> and he'll, he'll come out of his top window, 
So you, you boy, what day is this? Get and then go and buy me the biggest striker in the window. <laughs> I think we'll. I think we'll. I think Kennedy will happen, uh, but it'll be a loan signing, like you say. I mean, we're we're we've been linked with an Argentinian left back called Tagliafico. He's an international as um, well, isn't he? Yeah, he's at Independiente. Um, frankly, I I'd be surprised if that happened, but. It could. I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And Didn't one of his so representatives I, describe the move as complex? I think last night and ruled out. Yeah, England. I heard that. Yeah. Was he just was he on an expedia at the time? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just looking at, at flights. Yeah, he's having to split the ticket. He's like, and then we, sorry, we're going to have to change in Cologne. <laughs> Can't go direct <laughs> from Buenos Aires to Newcastle. <laughs> There's a bus replacement service, but I think we'll. I think if we, yeah, I think Canada will happen. I think that um, there could be a surprise like Prayet or um, or this Argentinian left back. And as I say, if Gale goes, we will make another signing because I just can't see Rafa Benitez allowing Gale to go without having because he can't he can't rely on Hosselu. And he doesn't have faith in Mitrovic. And Mitrovic is out for the next three games as well. Yeah. But I so, I wouldn't put it past our board to get an offer for Dwight Gale that they deem too good to refuse without think, having anyone ready yeah, to then, come in. At that, at that point, Benitez will say, if you sell Gale without my consent, if you sell him behind my back, I'm gone. Because I don't think that would deter control. Mike Ashley. But the, the thing that would happen, I think is the same as that happened with Keegan, is that if that if Gale is sold and there's no replacement, that's pretty much enough for a constructive dismissal court case mm. against Mike Ashley, who seems to be spending more and more time in court anyway. Yeah, as much as um, Silvio Berlusconi... Sorry, guys. That was, yeah, but he was in court was for ju- good stuff. He was in for, like, bunga bunga parties... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just being mad Mike Ashley's like like a reneged deal on a French golf course and vomiting into a fireplace have we fucked ourselves by winning 3-0 on Saturday and now no. Mike Ashley's just gone well everything's fine now what's the problem no I think he'd have said that anyway I think yeah I think it may have helped us in a way because I would probably before the win at West Ham Mike Ashley probably thinking if this Rafa Benitez is so good, how come we've lost two games? Might, might just get rid of him. And bring in Kerbishley. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, Trevor Francis. He was on Sky Sports One News th- this morning looking like a distressed shrinking fellow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I've just seen is that um, that Lucas Perez uh, from Arsenal, the, the forward from Arsenal, um, he's supposed to be getting a move to Deportivo and it's broken down. Um, yes. Uh, what does it say? <laughs> Heading into the last 24 hours, and it looks as though both Mustafi and Perez will be spending more than one year at, uh, at Arsenal, as both deals far, far off. So it could be a possibility that we get him either permanently for like the 15 million that they were demanding. I think we're very good at deal. last minute impressive sales for a lot of cash. When you think about transfer yeah. windows under Mike Ashley. <laughs> The deadline day, the deals that you remember are sales. Yeah. I don't know if it was deadline day, but you're talking about like Andy Carroll, Sissoko. Kabai. Yeah. Kabai. They're like 
Our big impressive deals are sales. They're never buys. But we've always no. at least had the semblance of a squad to cover the sales, whereas, like, striker-wise, at the moment, we've got three strikers, one of whom is banned, and the other one is clear. Like, Hosselu, as good as he looks, he's a backup striker. He's, I don't think he should be our first choice in the Premier League. No. 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 No, I agree. Well... I guess God, this is fucking depressing after a 3 0 win. Yeah, let, let's remain. We don't know we've fucked it yet. So we're, yeah. we're in a good position over the listeners where we don't know just how much. Well, to be fair, <laughs> the listeners, gone wrong. most of the listeners are probably listening to this uh, tomorrow when there still could be, let's say you're listening to this on your way home from work, there's still two or three hours left yeah. of the transfer window. Maybe we're going to buy. Someone brilliant. I think it will be our most productive deadline day because we generally don't tend to do business on them. No. And we clearly have to this time. Right. Yeah, surely. Is that, is that always been... Myself. Maybe as um, Mike Ashley, De- Derek Lambius, they're part of a specific cult religion that... Uh, they don't believe in working on deadline day. <laughs> um, sorry for that piss poor joke. Um, this wow. is the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's it's an international break we've got coming up now. So yeah. um, look out for our uh, preview pod of England versus Malta. <laughs> we won't be doing that. Um, no. So there will be no preview pod. We're going to have some much-needed time off. We're all going... I think if we were doing a preview pod, recording it now before deadline day as well, it would be largely pointless. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So what are you going to do with your international break time off, guys? I mean, I'm going to go to my um, Spanish villa. (laughs) Funny you should say that. I'm going to Mallorca for a week. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hello. Get us a bottle yeah. of Mahon gin, will you? Was that a thing? Is Beg it? your pardon? It's the best gin you. in the world. And is it's it? really cheap right. in Mallorca. Okay. Mahon. How, yeah. do you, how do you spell that? M-A-H-O-N. Oh, <laughs> right. I was assuming there'd be a J in there. It sounds really Irish. <laughs> right, It's okay. Mallorcan. Well, listen, Dave, I want you to have a nice time in uh, Mallorca. I intend to. I believe it's... Isn't that where Rafa Nadal's from? Challenge him to no a game. <laughs> have a few gins with him. A game of tennis. He'll be fine. I'll have the gins, but... None of this tennis shit. Okay. So, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. And who knows where we'll be as a football club and individually and collectively as people. I think let's... Just because of the mood of Saturday, let's assume everything's going to go brilliantly. Yeah, let's remember. Let yeah, let's end this upbeat. Look at the signings we've made so far, who've cost very little. Like Marino, Hosselu, even like Mankio, who looks like a decent player. So far, Lejeune, who for half a game looked very good, looked very good. Quarter of a game. The only bit that worries me is goalkeeper. After seeing we were linked with Wayne Hennessy from Palace, who. The Palace games I've been to, they would 
snap our arm. We've got off Rob Elliott. Him. Rob Elliott. That's all we need. We've got yeah, Rob a bird shit. A bird, a, bird. a bird shit on Rob Elliott, which means he's gone. He's not going to concede another goal for the rest of the season. And did you see Freddie yeah, Woodman, who was called up for England under twenty ones? He was. But he was yeah. training with the senior team. He was. I saw watching that. the video of him in goal. Looked pretty, but he can't be far off a shout. He's what twenty years old. Well, there you go. We always seem to have a surplus of keepers. I don't know what it is about Newcastle where we always feel like mm. we've got five <laughs> fancied keepers. Let's buy two more. Um, it's because we we face so many fucking shots. That is true. Yeah, that's what we need. Five keepers in the goal. <laughs> now, I would I would like to see us buy uh, a good striker tomorrow, but we'll see. We will see. But let's end on a positive note. We won 3 nil. Yeah. There might not be yeah, many podcasts really this good. season where we get to <laughs> savour that. Paul, you've well, got to got go Stoke to the game. Swansea next. We've got Swansea away. Swansea haven't had a great start, have they? Although they're signing, uh, what's they're his name? From... Tammy Abraham. No, they're signing, what's his name? Ronaldo from Sanchez. Munich. Yeah. Because of oh, Paul Clements long, links but... to them. All right, okay. But he's like a top, top class player. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that, I'm trying to end this on a positive. We might beat them. <laughs> we might. Beat I think the positive is we're in the Premier League. We've got points. We're not in the relegation zone. We look better than we <laughs> thought we were after the first two games. We're all three of us are in functional relationships. Yep. Yep. It's fine. Yeah. We finished this earlier than the last couple of pods, Paul. So I reckon we might be able to fit in another pint before we go yeah. home. You've got to cling oh, to these fuck. positives. Dave, I assume there's some more double strength orange and mango in that <laughs> bottle. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get so sugar hide. Orange and pan- pineapple, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah. So we're, um, looks like we're all good. <laughs> the only question now is, is the podcast called Double Strength Dave or Hobnobs? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. Let's see. Find out. When you before already, you listen, before you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. Thank you, Paul Dillon. Thank you. My name is Fergus Craig. Goodbye. This is a playback media production. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>